I think for the industry to succeed in the deployment of technology, we have to build trust through a strong, transparent, proactive, people-centered narrative and engagement about the impact of the fourth industrial revolution on the world of work. Hi, and welcome to Deep Insights. I'm Gerard Peter, Senior Editor at Mining Review Africa. This week, Senior Deputy Editor Chantal Kotzer speaks to Goldfield South Africa Executive Vice President Martin Priest and Vice President for People and Organizational Effectiveness Gerard Lotz about the importance of equipping people for the inevitable digital transformation brought about by the Fourth Industrial Revolution. People are the heart of most mining operations and change management is key in an era of increasing digitalization. We also take a closer look at some of the digital technologies that Goldfields has adopted at its South Deep operation in South Africa and how these have improved the operation. Let's join the discussion. Martin, Gerrit, thanks for joining me today to highlight the work that Goldfields is doing, not only to equip its operations, but also its people for the fourth industrial revolution and digital transformation. Martin, let's kick off today's conversation by contextualizing the importance of digital transformation in the mining industry for our listeners. As the global mining industry moves towards the wider adoption of digital technologies, can you unpack the importance of this for the overall sustainability of mining operations, especially for deep level mines, such as your South Deep Gold Mine in South Africa? Well, thank you. Uh, certainly, I think forefront of our efforts is around the health and safety of our people. Um, this, this obviously, we, we've got a strong focus on making sure we get home, everybody home safely every day to their loved ones. And that has to be our, our, our sort of point of departure. I heard you talk to the sustainability issue. Uh, you know, safety is a key sustainability issue. Uh, we, we have to do that. But secondly, also around efficiency. Uh, as you know, uh, grades are declining, mines are getting deeper, and uh, costs are escalating. And so this is certainly a key uh, lever that you need to pull to drive efficiency and cost efficiencies and, and up you know, the, the, the margin that we can build into our business. Uh, more simplistically, if you look at, at deep level mining operations, we can lose up to eight hours a day on our two shift changes that we do, having to withdraw people uh, in time for blasting operations at the end of each shift, and then obviously um, transporting people up and down the mine and getting them back into the workplace. So what, what this does, it enables us to get another eight hours a day, and eight hours a day in most uh, industries is a full day's work. So certainly huge leverage with there. And then I, I think lastly, and, and this struck home to me uh, sort of a few years ago uh, when my son was uh, making career choices, is we need to start looking at the future uh, uh, labor force. And we've got to ready our business uh, to, to uh, prepare that people aren't going to do what, the, what we do. You know, my son said to me, he doesn't want to do the kind of work I do, working long hours, wearing the, uh, he talked about the crummy clothes that we wear to work. He wants to work in a posh office with air conditioning. So we need to start future-proofing our organization, looking at what, what our sort of feeder workforce is going to look like in 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years time, because 
as you know, South Deep has a life of mine of 75 years at this stage, and we need to start building our business that's going to be able to attract and retain uh, skilled people in many years' time. Great. Thanks so much, Martin. So we all have an idea of what a modern mine looks like, but I want to get your view on what you believe constitutes a modern mine or a mine of the future or a digitally connected mine. And what level of modernization or connectedness are you aiming to achieve at South Deep in particular? Chantal, in our view, per uh, the previous question, it has to start with being a safer mine, a cleaner mine, and most certainly a smarter mine. So in terms of the approach we are, we are taking, uh, we, we're tackling this like we're tackling most things at South Deep, looking at people, processes, and systems, and, and in that specific order. This isn't about buying systems, and that has to be the last part of the equation. I think a lot of effort goes into buying systems without considering how do we uh, get our people ready and future-proof the organization for people, how do we change our business processes and then put systems in place to, to cater for that? So we're certainly looking at a digitally connected infrastructure. Um, we, we're busy uh, putting out, rolling out a huge fiber network underground. Uh, most probably the, the fiber conduit is an inch and a half thick uh, so that we can get connection to every part of the mine. And in terms of what we want to achieve with that is how do we connect people? How do we connect machines? How do we connect our, our environment underground in terms of ventilation, temperatures, dust, and get all of that in re real time? Because once we start getting that all in real time, we uh, can start tackling the safety issues, uh, stopping interaction between man and machine, machine and machine. We can make sure that the environments people are working in are at the right temperatures, do not have excessive dust or environmental conditions that are going to impact on them. Um, and obviously, this means that we've got to have a, have a new employee skill set, which Carrot will talk about a little bit later, and, and prepare our business uh, so that we build a safer, more productive environment uh, that is attractive to, to our employees and that, importantly, our employees are going to be proud to work at. Thanks so much, Martin. Gerrit, at this point, I'd like to bring you into the conversation um, by delving into the impacts and opportunities of modernization on the workforce in particular, like Martin alluded to earlier. So the responsible adoption of digital technologies is key in moving towards digital transformation, especially in South Africa, where the trend towards digitization may be clouded by the threats of job losses. Can you tell us how the misconception came about that people would in essence be replaced by technology? And can you explain the important role that equipping people for digital transformation will play and what this process will entail? Thank you, Chantal. I think at the outset, we have to acknowledge that any transformation process is fraught with resistance, but this becomes even more pronounced where your engagements around the implementation of technology have traditionally been reserved for when decisions have already been made and restructuring processes are well underway. You know, this associates technology with restructuring. I think as an industry, we have to acknowledge that the mining industry cannot protect all jobs that may be, become redundant through technology. Uh, yes, some jobs may be disrupted. 
but new and better jobs will emerge and not always in the same industry. I think for the industry to succeed in the deployment of technology, we have to build trust through a strong, transparent, proactive, people-centered narrative and engagement about the impact of the fourth industrial revolution on the world of work. And these engagements cannot only center around the implementation and the benefit of technology to the industry, to safety, to processes and systems, but they will have to address crucial issues around um, people, around upskilling and reskilling people, around the creation of shared value and economic benefits to uh, communities. And more importantly, they will have to be transparent around the technology delivery pipeline and the timing of that. I think the process of equipping people for digital transformation will have to be very comprehensive and iterative. Comprehensive in the sense that it must cover strategy, people, processes, systems and technology and iterative in the sense that you know, this is a journey, it's not a silver bullet. Great, Carrots. It's clear from what you've said that the fourth industrial revolution does require a fundamentally different skill sets to the more traditional skills that we're used to. And this will resultantly require in the upskilling and the right skilling of workers, like you've mentioned. Would you care to elaborate on how this is currently being done or how you possibly believe it should be done? And then some of the trends that are taking place with regards to this at present. Certainly. Um... We can, Chantal, I think developing people for the uh, fourth industrial revolution is perhaps one of the biggest challenges facing the industry as, as a whole. And mining organizations will have to find different and innovative ways to develop and secure the future skills. And this will have to take place within the confines of a very volatile um, industry. So the industry is going to have to find a balance between making money and investing in transformation. There's a few uh, considerations that comes to mind here. Firstly, the industry will have to plan their learning campaigns to keep pace with uh, the rate at which data and digital transformation is taking place. Um, and for this um, purpose, the industry will have to align the technology and people strategies very, very closely. Uh, formal learning and development programs um, companies offer at present will simply not be enough. Lifelong learning will become the order of the day and all employers will have to find uh, ways of incentivizing such learning. Secondly, the organization will have to look very closely at, around the design of jobs. From the outset, it's important that the business understand how technology will impact jobs which jobs will be replaced and which jobs will be augmented with technology. And this will require fairly dynamic and sophisticated workforce planning um, modules. You know, the HR team can no longer think about roles in the traditional mining context or in, in the traditional um, employment models. As companies look at advancing technological transformation, it's highly likely that they will retain a smaller group of highly skilled, more versatile individuals that will act as integrators. The balance of your workforce will then become more fluid and the industry will have to embrace the potential of flexible talents that are perhaps sourced globally. The third um, 
development in this regard is we're going to have to redesign our traditional HR development programs. Uh, these programs will have to evolve to align with the latest changes in technology and using immersive training technologies such as virtual reality, gaming and micro learning, uh, which will enable the transfer of skills normally obtained through 10 and 12 years of experience in, in a, a fraction of that time period. Fourthly, the industry will have to find a way to, to balance um, the skills uh, or balance skills development between technical and softer skills. You know, the future will demand individuals that are far more collaborative, uh, stronger system thinker, that are more agile and able to, to manage uh, complexity. At present, the development orientation of the industry is very heavily focused towards technical competencies. We're not saying that this will disappear. Um, the key, however, in building resilience is to recalibrate this um, obsessive focus on technical mining skills by incorporating strong skill sets in technology, data analytics, social and emotional resilience, critical thinking, and leadership. You know, these are the skill sets that will encourage human problem solving and, and decision making. Fifthly, we're going to have to look at exploring uh, partnerships for skills. And although the mining industry in South Africa has collaborate, collaborated very closely with institutions of higher learning over many years, we found that the learning curriculums have not evolved proportionately to the disruptive nature of technological change. So on the, and on the supplier, competitor and government front, you know, there's a big trust deficit at the moment which means that the industry in South Africa is very slow to uh, adopt technology or prepare itself for the introduction of technology. And to overcome this, um, you know, we will have to work together to solve collective problems and develop collective skills. And lastly is, is the notion of supporting entrepreneurships uh, for an industry steeped in tradition, many may find the notion of developing employees and entrepreneurship quite counterintuitive. However, if you look at the research, it suggests that 70% of successful entrepreneurs develop their big ideas whilst working in business. And as Martin said, you, you couple this with the fact that the majority of our young people see themselves working independently then it makes absolute sense to develop um, entrepreneurial ship uh, within the business and giving people the time and avenues to generate and implement those ideas. Kerit, you've raised a number of excellent points above, but one thing that I want to tackle and unpack in a bit more detail is change management. It seems as though it's a very crucial point when it comes to changing skills and requirements of workforces. So can you tell me what you're doing in this regard um, at Goldfields? I think this is such an important uh, question that you asked Chantel. Um, you know, normally uh, we leave change management by, by chance. I think going forward, one has to be very deliberate in your approach of implementing change. Um, and yes, training is one component of that, um, but it is important, you know, from the outset that um, we provide people with positive experiences on new technology that we implement. And this starts in the proof of concept phases. 
So by involving our employees in those phase, phases, getting the input uh, and allowing them to be part of some of the evolution of that technology um, and the implementation of that technology, we, we create a lot of buying. And often the excitement of these individuals create the pool um, and the support for, for the change management um, um, efforts. So it is a combination of, of um, early and ongoing engagement, uh, training, but more important, involving people as early as we can and make them own the technology um, and, and become familiar with the technology before you've you even um, implemented it. I think the, the other component that we're doing um, um, or we're placing strong emphasis on in South Deep is the visibility of technology. So we try and make um, any new technology we implement highly visible before the implementation. So people get a sense and a feel for what it's about, um, you know, the positive um, um, it will bring to the organization, how it will impact them, um, you know, at a very early, early stage. We hope that you've enjoyed the discussion so far. We will continue our conversation with Martin and Gerrit after this short message. It will never be the same. The new normal is business unusual. At Mining Review Africa, we want to partner with you to ensure that your brand is still visible in these unprecedented times. That's why we're offering you a bouquet of digital marketing choices to ensure that your company is still top of mind with your clients. This includes podcasts, partner profiles, videos, and webinars. Want to know more? Click on the Engage tab on miningreview.com today to find out how we can give you more bang for your digital buck. Welcome back to Deep Insights. We are in conversation with Martin Priest and Gerrit Lotz from Goldfields, discussing how the company is embracing modernization and digital technologies at an operational level at its South Deep Goal operation in South Africa. Let's rejoin the conversation. So Martin, I want to bring you back into the conversation and focus again on modernization at an operational level. Can you tell me what are some of the key digital technologies that Goldfields has adopted at South Deep that has paid real dividends in terms of improving the way you operate? So I think, Chantal, uh, we've, we've sort of plotted our journey out over a number of years into th three distinct horizons. Uh, and as Gerrit touched on, you know, how do we take ourselves out of a conventional mindset into, into a digital, uh, digital mind? And there's obviously a lot of work to do. There's the change management issues that have to happen. So in our first horizon, a lot of focus has been on, on putting the network uh, backbone infrastructure in place and building, you know, the integrated control center on surface. That, uh, as Carrot touched on, uh, is, is around visible. That integrated control center sits right in the middle of the, the management team's uh, offices. Uh, and as you walk into the mine, so that it's front and center of our minds and not something that's parked right at the back of the mine and hoping it's going to work one day. Um, where we are now is installing hardware on machines uh, developing the wearables for personnel that are going to be going on and starting to connect the underground environment. I think just in, in, in Horizons 2 and 3, we'll be deploying the collision avoidance and traffic management systems 
and further uh, robotics and tele-remote operations. What we have done in parallel with uh, Ryzen 1 is we have got the uh, tele-remote operations going on our rock breakers underground. And so what you find the new rock breaker operator at South Deep uh, sits uh, most probably within 30 meters of my office uh, wearing designer sneakers uh, and sitting in an air-conditioned environment uh, driving uh, rock breakers underground. What we get is we get those people to work a full shift without the, 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 the uh, impact of traveling time. And, uh, and obviously, if there's problems, they front and visible that, that people can respond and assist them. The other issue or the other part we've got going this year is the tele-remote operations on our loaders. Um, that is, is proved to be a little harder than the, the rock breakers. But in essence, we, we operating front-end loaders by line distance six kilometers away from where the operator is sitting, also in the same central control room. Um, we obviously, from a safety perspective, need to make sure that those areas are isolated uh, so that there isn't any potential for interaction between people and machine. Those loaders are, are working. Uh, we've, we've got to find the right environment for them to, to operate in, uh, consistently. And as we move into the uh, north of range areas, the layouts in those areas are more conducive to, to remote operations. But in essence, with those loaders, uh, when we've uh, had them running at full speed, uh, we, we believe those loaders have got a payback of two to three months uh, in terms of the additional technology we're deploying on them just with the additional uh, gold that we managed to mine in the shift changeover period. So, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, for us a huge payback. The other technology that we've been rolling out uh, linked to this coming in the control room is spatial data and having it all in a common place. What we were having is, is our technical people uh, working in different systems in, in geology, mine planning, geotech, and almost having to import and export files to talk to each other. And obviously, if you have uh, joined up processes you and people all on the same page, you get a lot better planning. So the spatial data is coming together nicely. Uh, we're linking that, uh, if you want to call the technical data now, with the financial data. Uh, to ensure that we, we can almost push a button and, and develop an integrated mind plan with a push of a button ultimately. And then we're also doing work in the, uh, in the process automation space or robotic process automation space in our support services. So we started off uh, with our uh, goods received and invoice processing instead of uh, clocks passing pieces of paper around, linking it into our system, getting robotics to do to do that work and again the, the the robot that is generating goods received notices processing them through for payment uh, isn't limited to uh, office hours it works 24 hours a day i think you would have seen our commitment to paying smmes in 30 days over the past few days and in essence what we're sitting now we're reducing uh, reliance on on people to push pieces of paper around and letting that be done in, in robotics. And then I think the other area where we certainly getting uh, benefit is, is on this inherent space with, uh, with training, where we've, we 
doing extensive work around virtual reality uh, training modules uh, and that we're marrying that with using simulators. Uh, we, we do believe that some aspects of our training uh, can't go fully VR because we don't get you know the feedback we want guys to touch and have the experience but there's certainly modules that we are doing virtual reality training uh, and it, it allows a much more realistic training experience. And then I think more on the technology or the, the hardware side, um, we've deployed a, a lot of uh, new equipment, uh, bolters, uh, which we've, we've imported from abroad that uh, remove people from the face and allow us to do a fully integrated bolting and meshing uh, cycle instead of bits and pieces uh, done by different pieces of equipment. We've just recently placed an order on a mobile race ball machine, uh, which will up our rates, but also ensure that we get better stoping efficiencies and, and better ore extraction. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to, to the delivery of that. So uh, I think it's certainly a breath of fresh air that's blowing through the corridors at South Deep. Uh, Carrot made the point, uh, our people are excited about this. We've also recently procured a locally manufactured uh, charging unit. Uh, we do long haul charging. We're trying to get, uh, to, we are getting it working, the, the charge unit that uh, allows guys to use mechanical equipment and technology real time to get the data on the volume of explosives and the depth of holes uh, to improve our oil extraction. And we've seen a dramatic improvement in our stoping extraction rates you know, from, from sort of late 60% to mid 95%. And that, that just drives huge value into the business because that's where our capital leverage is. We've put all the work into getting to the stopes and when we get there, we need to get maximum extraction. So I, I certainly think it's an exciting time to be at South Deep. It's an exciting time to be in the mining industry and we need to keep our people excited. We need to keep our people engaged and uh, we're gonna we're gonna build better jobs uh, for for our people. I think that they're gonna come to work, have a lot more fulfillment at work, and and leave work, uh, you know, being proud. You know, I was chatting to one of our loader operators uh, on surface the other day, was operating one of the tele remotes, uh, you know, underground. And, uh, you know, I said, what do you tell your kids you do when you get home? And he, he says the easiest way to describe it is, is I, I make a difference in our business uh, by playing PlayStation all day. And, I, I, and he was excited about it. And that's certainly the, the space we want to be in. I'm pleased to hear about the sheer number of exciting developments taking place at South Deep. But as our conversation draws to a close, I'd like you to tell us about what we can expect to see at South Deep in future as the mine cements its position as a modern, bulk, mechanized and profitable mine. We'll keep on expanding our backbone and connectivity. Uh, I think the next big challenge is around uh, central control and, and that's very difficult uh, for miners uh, because they all want to have their hands on the steering wheel and the feet, their feet on the brake and the accelerator. Um, but if you look at a big complex mine like South Deep, we need to get to the space that the central control room is going to start steering the business and, and can look at, at how all the parts are playing up together. So I think big challenge for us now is to, to let the, the miners and the engineers uh, sort of give up a bit of direct control and let the central control room uh, start steering work management. 
Uh, certainly a huge uh, expansion on activity remote capabilities I've touched on the rock breakers and the loaders. We're doing a lot of work uh, on drill rigs at the moment to get the same value uh, from our drill rigs that we can utilize at eight hours and remove people from the face that we can we can actually drill holes uh, remotely. Uh, you know, environmental conditions, uh, there's huge uh, savings uh, in terms of environmental conditions uh, by being able to switch on and off fans, switch on and off refrigeration as we need it. As you know, one of our big input costs is electricity. Uh, and we, we obviously look for every opportunity to try and uh, to minimize that cost. I think it's good for us, but it's also good for the country that we're not uh, sucking up as much uh, as shot feet, as much electricity as that. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, we, we're trying to start engage with our suppliers. We want to find a way to, to uh, modernize our whole materials handling. Uh, so, you know, we, we're looking at how do we uh, generate orders for work or materials that go with work and that it gets delivered in, in packages. Uh, you know, I have a dream uh, that that material should only be touched itself deep once. And that's at the end with the person who's using it, be it a, a mechanic underground or a, a, a mining guy that's installing support. So we, we're trying to build a courier service uh, from, from our suppliers and get them to collaborate that we, we deliver material uh, with one touch on the, on the site. We've touched on VR training. Uh, another exciting development is, is our projects team of, of getting uh, pumped shot feet from surface, uh, hot commissioned at the moment. That's certainly a game changer. It's, that's a, typically a very labor intensive and uh, physical job. And we're very close to uh, being able to uh, put a stamp of commission onto that uh, project. And then in the truck space, uh, we want to get our trucks on tele-remote uh, or certainly in the, in the, the near term into to guided trucks so that the driver's not having to steer but rather direct trucks where they need to go so we can we can up their uh, efficiency and reduce the possible interaction of, of damage. So uh, I think all of these issues talk to the increased focus on ESG. Um, you know, it's we certainly driving uh, from a from a safety perspective, as I said right at the beginning, how do we uh, how do we improve our, our ability to make sure that our people all get home safely every day? Uh, there's a lot of environmental impacts, and uh, all of these are, are not driven as nice to have, but are driven to put margin back into the business. And when you put margin back into the business, uh, we can um, manage a fluctuating gold price over a long period of time, we can start managing cost escalation over a long time. So certainly we uh, we want to want to put margin back into the business and do so safely. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to our weekly podcast, which is available on all popular podcast platforms. Give us a five-star rating and share deep insights with your social network. Also, Log on to miningreview.com to access our webinars, videos, industry insights and the latest mining news. Until next week, goodbye and stay safe.